like what excites you. And one of the things that really excites me is when, like kind of like you were talking about, when you screw something up or when you have an issue and you think a piece is ruined beyond recognition and then you have somehow this like vision of how you can fix it and you save this piece and you know it's like that bob ross happy little mistakes thing sometimes those become like your favorite pieces after that when you thought you were gonna be throwing it in the trash you know um Welcome to Peak Pyrography, the wood-burning podcast, where we discuss artistry and process with creators in the wood-burning and pyrography community. I'm your host, Justine Fetty. I was introduced to wood-burning in 2020, and I haven't put down my wood burner since. If you're enjoying the podcast, please like, subscribe, comment, or interact with me in some way on socials. It really helps the episode to and the podcast to do well and to share about it. It'd be great if you could support the show in that way. Now for a couple quick notes. First off, this week your creative spark is Stuffed, suggested by Bo Barnes. I encourage you every week to create a piece inspired by the spark and share it on Instagram using hashtag peakpyrospark. I'll share a couple of your designs in my stories next week. And this is open to all mediums. So if you're a watercolor, a wood burner, a filmmaker, a photographer, anybody, let me let me see what you uh, come up with with the word stuffed. Next, as I've mentioned before, I'm moving my home base from the U.S. to New Zealand, and that'll be happening over the next couple of weeks. In light of that move, I won't have nearly as much time or capacity to prep and release new episodes or to share about them on socials or interact with you there. So I'll be sharing a couple of revisited episodes over the next couple of weeks, episodes that maybe you may not have seen or caught, or there might've just been some really great nuggets in them. And don't worry, once we get there and we get settled, we've got a couple more episodes ready to release. Now, today's episode features Amber Anderson, whose bold burns and bright colors never fail to stop me in my scrolling. I always think that they're so interesting and bright and beautiful, and I thought that she had a really interesting perspective that we discussed during the episode of how to take a piece that maybe doesn't look exactly like what you wanted it to look like and turn it around and turn it into something that is completely amazing. Content warning, though. There was a bit of a discussion about cannabis. This is not advice or recommendations. Laws about cannabis vary widely from place to place, and as with anything, please ensure you know your local laws regarding any kind of substance use. Peak Pyrography Podcast does not endorse anything that is illegal. Please know your local laws and regulations regarding substance abuse, and then enjoy the rest of this episode. Hi, Amber. Welcome on Peak Pyrography. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well today. How are you? Where are you coming from? I'm in San Diego. I would say sunny San Diego, but it's been more like May gray and June bloom. <laughs> Here comes my little dog. <laughs> I, I keep hearing that about San Diego. <laughs> yeah, it's been really bad this year. I think because we actually had a like a real winter. We didn't just have kind of the San Diego winter. So it was like the crazy winter leading up to the June gloom and May gray. Yeah. Hi, hey, pop. Hi, mama. Yeah. She wants to lick all the time. So we're going to try and not yeah. let her do that like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. 
Well, if anyone's not watching on YouTube, they they need to get here to check out this cute little puppy. Right? <laughs> and he said moment. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, where can I where can listeners find you? Um, I'm probably most active on Instagram and then a lot of that will trickle over to Facebook. Um I don't I'm still kind of learning the whole Pinterest thing. Oh my gosh. Um, still kind of learning the whole Pinterest. My Pinterest profile is a little lackluster. It's kind of, it's kind of hard to keep up with all the different platforms and like posts, you know, there are a lot of them. There really are like, yeah. So, and Pinterest is the newest one that I just kind of got into. So we'll see how that one goes. I need to, I need to work on growing that one. That one can be a really powerful one, but it does take a lot of like commitment to it. And that's what I understand. And that's, it makes a lot of sense because I feel like the algorithm, you know, the evil algorithm on Instagram is like ruining everybody's life right now. Everyone, yeah. miss, everyone misses the Instagram of like 2019. <laughs> you <know>? Right. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that algorithm is tough. It is. And it's so, it fluctuates so bad and so quickly. Like you'll, you know, one day have, you know, a hundred or 200 views on a thing within a short amount of time. And then the next day, a similar post will get nothing or, you know, yeah, like your mom's watching. Thanks mom. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but we do appreciate that support from our moms. Of course. Of course we do. We wouldn't be here without that, you know. I, I took a screenshot the other day. I had put up a post and no one had liked it for a while. And then my mom and my husband's mom both liked it within like a minute of each other. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, moms. Right? Exactly. That no matter the notification, it still makes your heart feel warm and fuzzy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So Amber, how did I, I found you through the Woodburn Corner uh, Burnt Challenges because you have put up some incredible pieces of work there. Thank you. Thank um, you. It's been a lot of fun lately. Like I I'll log in every day and like look through and I'll see one. I'll be like, Oh, that's so cool. And go see who made it. And it's Amber. Uh, thank you. <laughs> it's Amber. So um, that's where I found you. But when did you get started as a wood burner? Well, so I've always been super artsy. My family is like pretty hippie my parents were you know crafty and always encouraged art and we always had paper mache for Halloween and you know just everything was there was no medium that was out of place my mom was into like macrame and pottery and everything else and she was doing some wood burning and I always thought it was so cool but I kind of couldn't wrap my mind around the concept it just seemed so I don't know crazy to like draw yeah like you know fire like that and so finally it was like 2014 I kind of was talking Uh oh, Amber, I lost your audio. No. Oh, there it's back. Perfect. You lay down, Mamas. Lay down over here. Come here. There you go. You dance. Okay. Um. And I was talking to her about you know maybe being interested in trying it. And so stuff, can but not I? Really... I lost your audio for just a sec. Can we start over with the beginning of that story? Sure. All right. So. Um, my parents have always been super artsy and crafty and like my whole life, you know, we were always doing paper mache Halloween costumes and my parents were always into different, all kinds of different things. My mom was into macrame and into like pottery and my dad was always into like big murals. He would do a lot of, like he created the backdrop for our Santa um, 
seating oh, sure. Christmas and stuff like that, you know, and just everything. And so I was always doing some sort of art. And then as I grew up and got older, I mean, I call myself self-taught because I feel like I did it all kind of on my own and just picked up from other people, but I never really like took courses or went to school for it. I mean, I had a couple sure. of little arts or crafts classes in middle school and stuff like that, but nothing, you know, super formal or structured where you're learning all the different types and the, right. the I don't know, the fancy, like, uh, I'm not that like intellectual artist. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> kind of picked up the wood burner after my mom got it for me. She got it for me for Christmas and it was like 2016 and 2017 it was may 2017 that i first finally got the confidence to open it up and i tried to burn a urn for my dad my dad had passed a couple of years earlier and he wasn't like a what an emotional project guy. yeah and i thought about him the whole time you know and just was like i know he'd love this i wish he could have seen me do this like but he was not a fancy urn guy so I didn't have them in anything and I couldn't figure out what to put them in. And I was almost going to go just get like an old cool, like coffee can. Cause he always loved coffee, but that seemed kind of weird, you know? So I was like, I don't know what to do. So he loved wood. He was a carpenter by trade for a lot of his life. And so, and I've always loved wood too. And so when I finally thought, you know, maybe I'll try to make my dad a urn, that might be something that's kind of up his alley. Like, so he was sure. a Marine and he was a Vietnam vet. And so I got the Marine emblem and burned it on there. And, and yeah, that was how I first got started. And it came so naturally easy. I was so surprised at how comfortable I was when I picked up that burner. And once I did, I just never looked back. I mean, I, I've painted before. I've never gotten into like charcoals or pastels or anything like that. And, but I don't know, wood burning is just something, man. It is. It's it's a slow art. You, you, if you're, you know, when you try and draw with a pencil, you, you sometimes get ahead of yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not a patient person. I don't. I don't consider myself a patient <laughs> person. You know, not a virtue I have much of. Uh, but it forces me to slow down a little bit, and I enjoy it. I don't feel, you know, I, I don't know. It's because I feel like that's part of the anxiety is when I'm. I can't slow down, but I should, you know, versus this just lets me and in, in I enjoy it. And I just go with the flow and you can just get lost in it for hours. Sometimes I try to set myself a little, I'm really horrible at keeping track of time on how much project, like how much time goes into a project. People always ask and I'm like, God, so I try to set a timer for an hour at a time and keep little like hash ticks or whatever, but I'll pause it if I go to the bathroom and then forget to start it or think I started it and didn't. <laughs> yeah. You know. And take those breaks to to ref, to give a break to all of your tools, your your wood burner, your hands, your eyes, exactly. your lungs, everything. Stretch it all and flex it all a little differently. And yeah, make sure you're not getting the strain that you get. So yeah, because it, yeah, it is I, one that's easy to get lost in. It is. You don't really you don't realize how like sometimes I'll just be burning into the wee morning, you know, wee morning hours and next thing I know, I'm like, okay, I should probably get some sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, what, so what keeps you burning? What keeps you coming back to it over and over? You know, so much, um, like we were talking about just the feeling of, of it forcing me to slow down when I typically tend to move pretty fast. Um, 
making things with your hands, no matter what it is, whatever, whatever you're, you know, there's so many ways, so many forms of art, you know, but for me, and I've always loved wood, the organic material working with wood is just incredible. There, you know, every canvas is different. Everything is so unique and, and it's just, I don't know. Uh, I love the therapeutic feel of it all. I love just the smells I love. I know we're not supposed to love the smoke, but I do. Like, <laughs> I love that I smell like a campfire all the time, I feel like. Um, it's just... Especially a, with some of those really fragrant woods, like if you're burning yes. cherry or yes. some of those other ones. Yeah. You know, a nice slow burn and you see those smoke curls. And, and fire has always been so therapeutic too. I mean, thinking back to going camping when you're a kid and being with your friends and family and everything and just sitting around watching the fire, there's something about it that just kind of... So easy you know, to get lost and... Yeah, it's it's the elemental, you know the wind, the air, the water, the fire. There's a reason why all of those things speak to our souls, you know? And yeah. So yeah, it's just, I, I, I wish I would have found it a lot sooner. I wish I would have had the confidence to try it earlier. It's crazy to think that like all these little kids back in the fifties were getting these wood burners for like stocking stuffers and they didn't burn their houses down. That's crazy. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah. I, I don't think I'd be giving my kid a, a wood burner. Well, I'm, maybe when he's a little older, but not at four. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine. I was like, it's so funny when I do like events, local events and stuff. That's one of some of the comments that I'll get, you know, and it's always from men. Excuse me. The women typically are like, oh, I always wanted to do it, but it was like a boy's thing, you know, and. Oh, really? Yeah. Like my brothers (laughs) always got them, but we never got them. And I was like, huh, well, go get one now, girl. You can do it. There's no, you know, never. Yeah. For sure. Claim it back. It's yours. That's right. Take the power. Yeah. So amazing. Yeah, it's it's interesting. The I feel like it too. It there's such there's kind of a a charm to it. Um, you know, you can be at a craft fair with people who are doing all these other different things that are extremely talented as well. But for some reason, wood I feel like almost speaks to to women and men. You know, equally kind of it'll draw people over, and they're just like taken in by it. So it's yeah, just, it's the conversations you get to have with people, the people I've met. It's it's been great. I really enjoy it. Get, yeah, and get to connect with people over that medium and that art, and that's great. Yeah, people keep asking me. Like some of my friends are like, "So when are you going to go into tattooing?" I'm like, "No, no." Wood doesn't. There, there is a lot of overlap, but <laughs> I know there really is. I mean, I can totally there, see it. But there's me, less like, risk with wood. <laughs> exactly. I'm like. I don't know. I'm okay. I don't want to, if I go too deep. If you mess up a custom, you can try it again. If you mess up a tattoo. (laughs) Yeah. There's not much room for error there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we have a question here from a listener. Wild Earth Artwork wanted to know, what's the most difficult piece that you've ever accomplished? I love Melissa. She's so cool. Um, So... There's been a lot, but I would have to say probably because it was the first big piece. It was probably about two years after I'd started. And um, it's it was based off of a movie that was filmed here in San Diego called Blood In, Blood Out. And it was on one of the big walnut hollow, the longer slabs, like the two foot one. Sure. <clears throat> and it was a portrait of Benjamin Bratt because he's in it. 
and in his younger days and one of the cars that they had that was in it because it's all based on like the, the latino heritage and the culture and like some of the his, the the uh hispanic like kind of gang related but like not it was like they were the ones that had like the fedoras and like the the pants that were like the high waisted, you know, they were like the classy like gangsters. They weren't like <laughs> the classy them. gangsters. Yeah. yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> a lot of them, a lot of the gangsters were pretty classy. Yeah, like not the ones that are like, you know, crip walking and stuff. <laughs> no offense, Snoop. Like, I love you, bro. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but so she wanted a portrait of him and she wanted the car and Portraits have always been one of those things that I was super intimidated and felt like if you could do a portrait, then you were an artist. That that was a that was a whole new level for me, you know. And I never had the confidence to even attempt to do a portrait in any other medium. And so to have the confidence to be like, you know what, I think I can do this. I I think So what was your process then for that? Since it was something so intimidating, was that a printout and Sketch or yeah, I printed it out and I tried to find. It wasn't like a photo. It was more of I think it was like a art, another artist rendering sort of, so that I could kind of see the shading on a little different variation level. I printed out a bunch of them, but that's when I used to kind of transfer over the parts that I knew I was gonna need to you know add the shading to on certain areas the cheekbones or the nose exactly like yeah his little you know the adam's apple and yeah his hat was really cool and his he had his wife beater on you know and (laughs) um so it was really i have pictures going through just being like okay i finished the hat holy shit that was exciting sorry you know i was like it was like you know and then i would get on to like okay, I'm going to try the eyes. And eyes were always so intimidating because there's so much life in them. And if you don't get them right, and I still like, his eyes are not great, but they, they fit, they worked, you know, it didn't look bad. I definitely work more magic on my pet's eyes when I do my portraits, I feel like now, but that's also five years later, you know? Yeah. It was, it was one of those first learning pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And the car was really intense too, because, you know, that was a whole new thing. So it was same kind of same kind of process finding the car. And then the picture that I found of the car had one of the edges kind of cut off. So I couldn't transfer it over like identically to what it was supposed to be. So then I had to find another picture and kind of make it work. So, you know, and one of the questions that I liked on your little thing here was asking like, what excites you? And one of the things yeah. that really excites me is when like kind of like you were talking about when you screw something up or when you have an issue and you think a piece is ruined beyond recognition and then you have somehow this like vision of how you can fix it and you save this piece and you know it's like that Bob Ross happy little mistakes thing sometimes those become like your favorite pieces after that when you thought you were gonna be throwing it in the trash you know yes Um, I had this one mermaid piece that I had spent so much time on her whole tail. She was a cutout mermaid. So she was really intricate with her arms and everything. And her tail was all stifling. And I did it like there was designs within the stifling, little swirls and all kinds of stuff like that. And so I was super proud of it and had it up at a fair and it was fall and windy. And she took a dive on the table and I was like, oh my God, 
And I turned around and sure enough, her arm was broken. And I was like, oh my God. And of course, because it's a cutout, it's one of those like layered pieces of wood. So it's not like- A piece of like birch plywood or something. Kind of, yeah. And I think that's exactly what it was. And you're like trying, I'm trying to get it back in and none of them are wanting to go back in because it broke so jagged. And I was just like, God, what am I going to do? And then I finally was like, okay, I could get, so I could get like jeweler's wire and some cute little beads and they can make her like a little bracelet. And then I could kind of like, that would hide the glue and whatever. And so I made her this rad little bracelet, but then that brought on another problem because she wouldn't hang right. So then I was like, okay, cause she now. was not quite balanced anymore. And yeah. So then I was like, okay. So then I had to add a little, I added like a little headband for her. And then I added a little like sash around her waist. And so those little pieces made it so that it hung a little more evenly on the wall. And it looked so adorable. I almost didn't want to get rid of it, but finally found, you know, a good fit for her and the right home for her. Yeah. yeah. It was. So that's one of the things that really excites me. Like when you screw something up and then you can salvage it and you're just like, (laughs) Oh yeah, I did that. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Did you see see what I just did there? (laughs) That. You see me because I, I I kicked that problem's butt. <laughs> yes, so. uh, that that is so cool. And I mean, and so that that piece that that difficult piece you were working on, when yes. you finished that, what how'd that feel like? It was a huge sense of pride. I was so excited when I got to take it down to her and give it to her, and she was just thrilled. And it was also nerve wracking because. It was one of the biggest pieces I had ever done at that point and one of the most expensive commissions I had ever accepted. And so I, you know, wanted to make sure that I did, you want to make sure you make your customers happy and that you do their vision justice. And it's cool when people give you sort of freedom to work within the vision, but then you still want to make sure you're giving them a product that they're not going to be surprised with, like, you know. You still want them to know kind of what the outcome is, but there's yeah. going to be those creative variances that come in. So it's really cool when you have those customers too, that are kind of like, well, I want this and I want this, but I want you to do it how you want. And, you know, it's, that's kind of how she was. And so she was really, she was a good customer to work with. She was very comfortable and, and it helped me. Cause then after I did that, that really made me feel like I could do anything. I was like, I, then you're like, I can do portraits. I can yep. do. I was yeah. like, right, I can do it. Just tell me what you want and I will do it. Oh, you don't know what you want? Let me help you figure out what you want and then I can do it. <laughs> yeah. Let me help you figure out what, let me help you figure out what you want that I'm also really good at. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm super, I'm super jazzed with it. I just wish, like I said, I wish I would have found it, you know, 20 years ago instead of six years ago, but such is life. But hey, I found it. Here we are now. That's right. And so would you say that that was one of the pieces that you're most proud of or is that, or is there another piece that you're, that you think I'm, back on and you're like, oh, that all piece. All my portraits in general, I'm pretty proud of just because they all have such special meaning to the people who are, you know, request or commissioning them and, and, and just the fact that, like I said, that I actually can do portraits when I never imagined that I would be able to do that that's that's they're so intimidating I have not tried them yet (laughs) I'm telling you girl you can do it you can do it I never thought I would be able to do it but you can do it the last face I did I just cut it off at the chin you get a chin (laughs) 
No, no face, no so head. Like, the one portrait I'm working on now, this dude, she wanted his little feet because her, it was, it's a friend of, it's a coworker of my boyfriend's and it's her son's dog who just passed. Well, the son always likes his little hair on his feet all long. They look like little Grinch hands to me. It cracks me Yeah, up. they do. So. They're super cute. Wants, isn't he? But she wanted those in there. And I have typically only done the face. Well, that's not true. I did do the paws in the last one. But they were more paws. They looked like defined. Yeah. Paws, you know, and this little guy, the, the reference pictures weren't the clearest. And he was so fluffy that you couldn't really. It was just kind of hard to get like the body shape so I started originally to try and have his body angle because his body was back there and then I just couldn't I had to like black it all out and <laughs> go a different route because I was like I'm not happy with how that one's looking so it made the difference between me liking it and not and now I'm happy with it <laughs> and I oh good that, you know I hope that the owner will be too I think he will be yeah I I hope so too um, and I just, I want to say a quick thank you to Wild Earth Artwork for submitting her questions for you. If anybody else has questions for other guests, you can submit those at peak-pyro.com slash guest questions. Got to get that in there. Yeah. Um, so what is your, what are your tools that you're using? Um, I have a razor tip SK10, right? Yep. Yes. I've been looking. That's at what it said on your Instagram, at least. Yeah, SK10, and then I have. I've been looking at like the new ones, and I really would love to get the P88. But I mean, who wouldn't? That thing's ah, it's a dream. Just kind of dre dreaming and drooling. Yes. Um, I have the uh heavy duty attachments and the heavy duty pens, the fixed tip pens, because for some reason the little tips with the little screws don't seem to be my jive, my vibe. I don't know. I'm, I'm a little, I feel like, I feel like I was you like, like to be able to switch the whole pen in and out. Yeah, just plug it in, plug it out. Yeah. Yeah. I do, do you use like, a variety of nibs? I do. I have probably, I think I have six different ones right now. Um, I have a couple different, I have a, like a fine ballpoint and then I have a little bit, I have medium ballpoint. I have a, I think it's a medium knife. Uh, spear shader and a spoon shader mm -hmm. so nice. yeah yeah but I like the cool wood setup too I would really like to kind of look into that so I don't know yeah. but I'm definitely team razor tip so far that's all I've you know well and walnut hollow of course versatile forever yeah <laughs> for so sure key. you know I think no matter what we have in our arsenal that one's always going to be a steady it it's such a it's a such a good basic tool you can there are people who create all kinds of stuff with I'm it. I'm blown away sometimes by what people can do with that because it's a lot harder to hold. You know, you can't choke up on it. You're holding way back on not yeah. this ergonomic, you know, handle. And and so to see what some of the people create with those things, especially in the beginning, blew my mind. Blew my but for mind. like 30 bucks, that right? that burner... You get yeah. your you get your money's worth out of it. Heck yeah, you do. And they're so durable; they last forever. My mom, yeah, has, I think the first one she ever got. Um, I also have a Dremel Versa Tip. It's a butane torch, so it's super cool because I like to use it when I'm doing different shadings or trying to make like the rustic look sometimes, or really want to like 
if I shade with the razor tip and then really want to make sure I darken it really dark, I'll go back over and kind of add that extra. Is that what you use for your background blackout? Sometimes it depends. Like not on the one I just pulled up on Beavis. He's just straight the spoon shader. You can kind of see the textures. Yeah. Like that took you a long time. Yeah. I have, I think about eight hours in the sky so far. Yeah. So I still need to go in and add the like little, the white height. Cause he's, he was also the most white dog I had ever done, which was a big. White dogs are hard. Yes. I was like, how do you burn a white dog? So I need like, to go I, back in. I work in the darkness, not in the light here, people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I still have to do the highlights yeah. and have the whites and, and stuff like that. He's not quite ready, but he's getting there. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, what kind of, you've, you've been using colors. What do you use for your highlights and what do you use for other colors on your so designs? I, love my Prisma color pencils. Absolutely love them. They are, everyone thinks they're paint. No one can even believe that it's color pencil. The vibrant color and the the smooth lay down, those, those pencils, there's nothing like them. There's and nothing. that has to be pretty in, intuitive to use. It is. It's a lot easier. I start, when I first started, I tried using like paint with really tiny brushes and, you know, paint pens and everything else. And I would end up having to go back in and reburn because I'm kind of a perfectionist like that. And when it gets, when the lines get flooded with paint and if I can't get it out, then I'm reburning it. And then you're smelling that toxic paint, which is not good. So I started trying to use the pencils after talking to my mom a little bit and stuff. And then after kind of getting online and learning some more from other, you know, artists in the pyro community, um, the Prismacolor was the first one I had tried. And then I started seeing people do watercolors and that was intriguing. So then I got the Artisa watercolor pencils, which are also again, super easy, like user friendly. Cause you just use them like a color pencil and they blend really cool. Um, so really I've never used watercolor pencils. So you put it down like a normal pencil and then you add water to it. Is that yes. how that works? They are so cool. Literally just get a little color, however you want, and then get a little bit of water and just, I, I usually, you know, you try to be careful when how you're doing it, depending on stick with what colors you're doing and make sure you're cleaning your brush often. That's all you really have to do. And you're just kind of going over it all. But like, I saw so many people talk about like problems with wood cracking if you use too much water and just other issues with, with watercolor. And I was already so intimidated. Watercolor was always one of those uh, mediums that I felt you really had to be talented to try and do like watercolor artists are a whole nother level to me too. Kind of, you know, that's, that's intense. <laughs> so I was always yeah, really for real. even venturing there. When I heard about the watercolor pencils, I was like, Hmm, that might be right up my alley. And they're so cool. They are so cool. It's super, they're not bold. Of course, you know, it's like the opposite of the Prisma colors. If I don't want to do the bold, vibrant colors, and I want to be a little bit more of a muted lay down, then that's when I go for my watercolors. Sometimes I'll do both. It kind of depends on the piece and, you know, what kind of a, a vibe I'm trying to portray with it or, you know. But um, I also have been starting to kind of play with paint again a little bit, starting to feel a little bit more confident. Back and forth. Yeah, like as long as I water it down enough and it's more like a wash, then I feel better with it. But like trying to paint, specifically in those little spots that's still a bit much for me <laughs> sure that makes sense yeah um and then 
do you finish your pieces? I do. Um, so one of the game changing tips that I heard in the beginning was with live edge pieces, the bark gets so dried out and it gets so brittle after, you know, time that it'll just start to chip away. And at some point there won't be hardly any left. So I always try to protect my live edge. First thing I do with them is I'll seal them with Mod Podge. I typically use the outdoor one. Um, put a nice thick layer and I just use like a foam brush and kind of dab it all in there and make sure to keep it from getting on the surfaces itself. I keep looking at this piece because I'm like, see, you can see it's shiny. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of helps to keep it from flaking off over the years. Um, it also will protect if it has like the moss or whatever on the side. Sometimes those cool pieces that you get those little extra organic benefits with, it'll help protect Yeah. That. Um, and it just makes it easier to handle when you're working with it. You don't get the crumbs and the dust and stuff when you're trying to draw and turning it when you're working and burning and everything else. So that's my go-to for that. My, if I'm just doing something that doesn't have any color added, then I typically will just finish it with Varathane. It's a triple thick, uh, I love the lay down of it. I, could tell as soon as I opened it compared to any Minwax product I had used or any of the other regular finishes. It's milky. It's thick, white, milky, like one coat and it feels like it already has a nice, good, thick coat on it. I really, really like it. I prefer the matte one because I I want to be able to see all of the the different grooves and shines and textures and stuff in the woods. And I feel like the shinier the finish, the more it takes away from that kind of sometimes. So that's just my sure. personal opinion. Um, I do like when I see people do the resin ones though, those are a whole different vibe. It's, there's so many different ways you can make your art your own, you know? Um, but if I have pieces that have color in them, then brushing the Varathane over, I've learned will smear it and ruin your piece almost immediately. Yes. Yeah. I was going to ask, is this a yeah. brush on or is it a yeah it's spray a nice, it's a nice thick brush on but if you have any colors or anything that you want to protect I usually use like a Krylon that tends to be my go-to for a spray it's a spray acrylic it's a UV resistant um there's a couple different ones that I've tried and I think I like protect that wood burn from fading in the sunlight exactly. as much as you can exactly and still don't put your wood in the sun, guys. <laughs> yes. Keep, keep it out of direct sun. sun Give it the, the longest thing. life you can. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else? Oh, Howard's products. I love their, like, cutting board oil and their food safe finishes for my cutting boards and utensils that I do and stuff like that. It really helps yes. bring the wood and helps them to stay, you know, in better condition for a longer time and get a better life out of them that makes sense some others i played with but those are probably my top three four yeah and then i mean we've talked about a little bit the, the smoke and the and burning over paints and stuff what do you do for safety mostly fan my biggest my biggest thing for safety is ventilation i have a hard time with masks i've tried um if I have to wear something, I'll typically go for like eye protection because my eyes, the smoke will burn my eyes worse than I feel. I notice the smoke messing with my breathing or my lungs. Um, sure. So, and otherwise safety wise, more gloves and like fingertip protectors. Cause I tend to burn on the hotter side. 
So I noticed that I <laughs> I like to go heavy, um, unless I'm doing shading, of course. But yeah, sometimes my fingers end up looking like smoker's fingers. <laughs> yeah because it's fun to burn hot it's fun to watch it that is. smoke curl exactly it is you cut through yeah <laughs> yeah I don't know if you can hear but I've got a thunderstorm ha storm happening out the window <laughs> oh do you cool what part of town yeah. are you in I'm I'm in uh Colorado Springs oh, okay cool I feel yeah. like weather has been weird everywhere this year like it's just getting worse it, it has it's kind of wild. Yeah, it is. So when you're burning, what's happening in the background, speaking of my thunderstorm? Right? Um, so Segways. as much as I love music, I cannot listen to music when I'm burning because I can't. Oh, that's interesting. No. I'm, I'm like. Oh, yeah. sure. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, that's out. <laughs> um, podcasts are great. I love more humorous podcasts, I think. Like Conan O'Brien is one of my favorites. He's a crack up and he always has good people on that are like entertaining and funny for me to listen to too. And his are always pretty structured about an hour. Like I listened to Joe Rogan for a little while back in the beginning and sometimes it would go on for like four hours and it was like, good Lord, man. <laughs> You're like, I, I got other things to do. Yeah. I want to listen to you, but I don't need to see. Come you. on, man. Yep. And, uh, other than that, probably like Bob's Burgers on repeat, Archer on repeat, something that doesn't make me get emotional. I'm a total crybaby, so I <laughs> can't watch movies because then I'll be crying or even just hearing it. Like if I had 50 first dates on, that would be awful. That makes me cry every time I see it. It'd just be like, where are my tissues? Yes, there's no reason for me to have my burner on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the tears are putting out the burner. Like, we just can't. <laughs> I can't see what I'm doing. Drew can't yeah. remember. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then does, Am does Amber's a Fire keep you busy full-time? Um, no. I, I, I don't know where I want to go with that. Like, part of me wants to go hard. And part of me wants to kind of keep it to where I'm going to enjoy it and not make it so much of a job I but I want to be bigger so I I need to figure out how to kind of balance all that I've how never, to grow within sure I'm it's it's like I don't have an, a fictitious name I don't have any business like you know real I'm not a real business <laughs> I'm just I'm a little phony business <laughs> but but you're making stuff and you're selling it and you've got you've got a couple different places where you do sell yeah yeah I it's been kind of nerve-wracking too getting online I I Etsy I've always felt has this like really negative vibe to it I don't know I just, it from the creator's side I don't hear good things about it from yes. the audience from the buyer's side though I mean, you're always like, oh, I went and found it on Etsy. But from the creator side, I, it's not always the most positive. No, no. And the fact that you post, you pay to post, then the post expires, and then you have to pay to post it again. And then you're paying a part of the, like, I just, and all I keep hearing is their fees just keep going up and up and up. And so I think I missed the good time to be on Etsy and... 
the visibility or whatever to me is not worth it. I don't think so. Um, yeah. I would rather invest and in get my own website. But even that seems so daunting because the pieces that we do, it's not like it's not like you can do one listing for multiple things, you know, everything is right. so individualized. So it's just, it seems so astronomical to try and take that on and to also try and convey, if you have someone do it for you to try and convey to them what you want your, you know, your prices to be shown as, or how you want them to be, you know, actually, and, and it's hard to convey like the heart that you put into it. Yeah. Yeah. As a handmade artist. Yeah. Into an so, online posting. Exactly. Online yeah. and social media is always a struggle as it is. It's like the creativity killer. So. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I've, I found the TDO app. I heard, I heard about that. I think it was on Facebook. Yeah. So what I is TDO? Cause that's one that's new to me. It's completely free. It's more of a social platform but you can't but you do set up shop but it's also about engaging with the other people so it's not just about it's not just like going on etsy and finding a shop and buying your stuff it's find people that you like and you know you kind of scroll through a feed like you normally would on facebook or anything else and then you can see some of their postings sometimes they post what they're working on sometimes they'll post new stuff in their shop but I haven't had any sales from it yet. I haven't really invested a whole bunch in it yet. Um, I just kind of discovered it and started trying to get into it probably within the last couple of months. Um, so I don't know. Honestly, I feel like most of my sales come from friends and family that see me locally. And what I post on Facebook, they'll see something and they'll be like, oh, can I get that? Or can you make something like this? Or that'll give them an idea, you know, of yeah. what they need or want Facebook's definitely still a place where people are able to make those kinds of requests easily right right and yeah grab a drink right I got you talking and going and going I'm not giving you any breaks <laughs> <laughs> and I talk I have the gift to gab <laughs> thank you dad no <laughs> uh I don't know. Yeah, I really prefer to sell in in, in person. Um, I don't like to deal with shipping. I, I don't like to deal with just all of it. It's Yeah. I need and then to there's always I the question of, do you like include the price of shipping so you can be like, shipping is free. But then you have to like guess how much that'll be. And yeah. Exactly. And then increase your prices a little just because. And then, or like, if you're including shipping, then you need to at least like cushion that or compensate for that or whatever. Yep. So you're not losing out. Postage isn't cheap, you know, and it is not, especially not for wood. Cause wood is not light. Exactly. You know? And so then if you raise your prices across the board, then the people who aren't getting shipping are kind of getting the short end of the stick because now their prices are increased a little bit. So I don't know. Yeah. Pricing is always a struggle. It's always it, a struggle. It really is. It's. Because there's so much that goes into it. The market that you're selling in, the size of the piece, the amount of time that you put into it, the products, the like actual cost of the wood, the cost of the watercolor, the pens, the finish. It, 
it all goes in. And then if you're selling in San Diego, your price is going to be different than if you're selling in Minot, North Dakota. Exactly. Exactly. And that's sometimes what I struggle with too, because I'll see somebody else's prices and I'm like, holy cow. Wow. Like how, why are they selling that so cheap? That, well, they probably need to read goes into these pieces of art, you know, you, as a woodburning artist, when you see other people's woodburning art, you know, what goes into it. And so you see some of this yeah. stuff and you're like, how are you letting it go for that? And, and, right. And well, and there's that emotional piece too. If you, if you price it too low and you sell it and you're like, I don't really, it's, it's worth more to me than that price. Right. I would have rather have kept it than have gotten that money for it. I have, yeah. Yeah. I have a piece like that, that if I sell it, I, I'm going to ask probably $300 for it because, you know, it's that sentimental to me. It has like deer horn beads. Like my dad was a hunter and I would go out hunting with him when I was a little girl and stuff, you know, up in Northern California and he would use everything and we would save the racks and he would, you know, either make different things with them. I don't know. My mom made beads out of them. So I have these really cool. Oh, that's so beads. special. And so I have just held on to them because I wasn't sure what to do with them, you know, and finally made this really cool Mandela piece. And I didn't, I wanted it to be unique. And so I made this really cool, like jute hanger that like goes around it as kind of a frame. And then it kind of hangs and it has like the beads hanging off of it. And so I'm like, I'll take it to a show so people can see what I can do. And if people are really interested, then we'll talk. But yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's pretty much mine. The, this will be the start of my conversation. And then we can talk about how, how I can help you find right. a piece that feels this good. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Perfect. In the beginning, looking back on some of the prices, it's so funny. You're just, you just have no clue what to do you know and yeah well and who decides the price of art I know I know really so sell it for what sell it I I mean the best piece of advice is that I ever heard about pricing is sell it for the price that makes you jump up and down when somebody buys it and if that, if whatever price you're selling it for makes you go, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yay. Right. I did it. That's yeah. the price you want to be selling for. I think I need to up my prices. <laughs> <laughs> I, everybody increase your prices right now because your, your art is worth more than what you're selling it for. For real. Everyone is selling themselves short. I saw a sign that was like my art. How did it, how was it worded? And my art is not, or my prices are not based on your budget. You know, it's based yeah. on my vision and my time. And like everyone that has, and everyone that has like a skill-based business or if you're, you know, when you're putting your heart and your soul and your blood and your sweat and you're getting scars because you're burning yourself. And I mean, it's yeah, a little, a little different than like making, you know, something that you can just type on the computer to have the laser burn this perfect image in, you know? Yeah. It, it takes I mean, a the, the artistic more. touch, there is something to that. And the time that you're physically putting into it versus, you know, your hands are touching it. Your hands are doing every mark that is on it. You're, you know, it's, it's you, it's a part of your heart. Yeah. 
the love and commitment that you've put into this piece, even if, you know, even if it was two hour piece, a one hour piece, you still, it was worth you putting that time in. Exactly. And the joy that you experience when you see those pieces out and about, like, no matter how big or small it is, you know, when I go over to my friend's houses and I see a little magnet on their fridge, I'm like, ha, love you guys. Yeah. Or, you know, when I go over to my friend's houses who have gotten, you know, the memorial pieces or something like bigger, it's like, oh my God, I love you guys. Thank you. Just all of you, you know, thank you for being. It's so special to see them in the wild and be like, yes, I, part of me is with you at all times. Exactly. And when they have it like in their home and it's part of who they are, it's like, you know, that's, that's special. Yeah, I have a couple work friends who I've given stuff to. And when I walk past their cube and I see it hanging up there because they've decided that it was worth, like, displaying and always just kind of makes you happy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like, I'll go down to my boyfriend's office. He works for the – he's a city worker for Chula Vista. And I'll go down and see some of the girls that he works with. Come here. And a couple of them have been – they've been so supportive throughout the year. And yeah, they have their, like, I did these little VW buses. They were actually birdhouses. They were so cute. I wish to God I could still find them. I think I have one left somewhere in my wood arsenal, but it was a little birdhouse, but it was a VW bus. So it would like roll and it was, it was just the cutest thing. Like had little windows and I would make little surf racks for them and little surfboards and like, they were so cute. Like, so one of the girls loves purple and she wanted a purple one with like flowers and stuff on it. And so I'll go down and I'll see it on her cube and I'm like, you're so cute. Thank you so much. I love you, Flo. (laughs) And it it gives you that little like happy serotonin shot every time you see it. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Amber, let's take a real quick break here and we'll be back in just a minute. Sounds good. Welcome back. I'm here again with Amber Anderson from Amber's A Fire. Amber, we for- I forgot at the top of the show, but can you tell everybody where they can find you on the internet and what your handles are? Yes. So I'm mostly present on Instagram and it's at ambers and then underscore a fire um a lot of what i post there transfers over to facebook but not everything i have a bigger following and a bigger community on instagram um but i feel like i get more sales and stuff like that from facebook i don't do any selling really it's all more just like direct message so anyone can message me or email me um i have my link tree uh link my link tree link <laughs> yeah has, your link um, tree page right kind of the hub for all of the all things amber's a fire it has my pinterest and the td shop it has a form for custom order requests uh what else oh i'm also partnered with one tree planted one tree planted i haven't yet planted any trees with them because i don't think i'm advertising it well enough or like i don't know <laughs> I, I need to figure out and also i think because i'm not doing online sales that it's not easy for me to like just dedicate a portion of those sales to it. Sure. Like, so I got to figure out how to make that more of a, of a thing. Cause I want to definitely. But supporting one tree planted to plant more trees so you can someday get more wood. That's right. It's all about sustainability, right? 
<laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and, and I mean, with all those places that you're active and everything like that, what do you do to balance, you know, your personal life or maybe balance isn't the right word, but how do you, how do you manage personal and, uh, you know, your, your other things that you do and your word burning and artistic creative sides? How does all that kind of work together? Probably not very well, (laughs) but the best I can. Um, I'm not a very structured person. I feel like my process just in general is a little bit more organic in nature. Um, Kind of like I'll have an idea of what I want the desired outcome to be, but I don't necessarily have a clear path of how I'm going to get there, but I'll figure it out along the way. I don't know. Um, Yeah. And that's, I mean, so is there anything you do to like help you unwind or get you excited, get you going and thinking about things? There's definitely, I'm a big supporter of cannabis. I, it it has helped me share a lot of my life. It helps me in a lot of my creative ruts, or even if you're feeling creative, just to kind of be a little bit more free in your creativity, I guess. Um, It's, definitely helped with my anxiety and other issues like that throughout the years. I would much rather smoke a little weed than be stuck <laughs> on some crazy pharmaceuticals. Big pharma is not my friend. I don't like you guys. Sure. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, just, you know, tr- trying to be mindful and self-aware of when you're starting to get maybe that burnout feeling and doing whatever feels right at the time, whether it's laying in bed and wrapping up in a blanket and, you know, going away from society for a day, or whether it's going out to the beach and getting some sea air or going out to the trees or reading a little or scrolling mindlessly and enjoying some funny puppy videos and, and different art, you know, that you can find around the world that you wouldn't be able to find without these wonderful obnoxious social media pages that we love and hate (laughs) yeah I mean they they definitely are a way to connect and they're definitely a way to get lost in things for a while and sometimes that's good and sometimes you're like well that was six hours yeah that's not healthy (laughs) 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 um But yeah, being in San Diego, I'm lucky in that we really can go outside a lot, you know, throughout the year. Even if it is gray, you can still pretty much go outside and find somewhere to enjoy, whether you want to go down to the beach or go up to the mountains or go to the desert. Everything is so within reach and we're really lucky and kind of blessed in that way, being where we are geographically, I feel like. Um, And that's a big thing, you know, being around nature and not being like, I, I couldn't imagine living in downtown San Diego where they're stuck in all those high rise buildings, you know, but, um, the even concrete then, jungle. Still, yeah. But even then you're still, you know, close to the beach and not far from the, the mountains. And I feel like that plays a big part in everything, even just going for a walk. You know, we live, we have a little reservoir that's down the road and just walking through the uh, super bloom was crazy this year with all the rain that we had. We had so oh, many yeah. wildflowers and like even just driving through town, people's yards were just exploding with color. And it was, you know, so sometimes even just going on drive, you know, 
my dog snuggling with my dog she's a big she's a big little uh helper <laughs> yeah yeah I mean those are all really good ways to like take some of those breaks that we've talked about and just like reset yeah and family and friends you know getting together and bouncing ideas off of people getting out of your head you know yeah it's so important and I love you know, what yeah. you said earlier about like curl up with a blanket on the couch if that's what feels really good that day and even if it you know there's there's all that pressure that you put on yourself that you're like I should be doing this and those dang shoulds um but sometimes that's actually the thing that's gonna get you or go for a drive you know when I'm stuck on something and I'm sure you you go for a drive and you're like oh of course, that's what I'm going to do. Something, you know, or even a bath, a shower. I mean, it's not how many times are you standing in the shower and all of a sudden you get this moment of clarity for some reason, yeah. you know? I when mean, you've been staring at the problem for <laughs> days on end. It's just, yeah. It's just sometimes you got to, you got to just figure out what you need at the moment. And it doesn't always have to look like what other people think it should look like you know, do what feels right for you. And even if it comes to medication, I mean, there's sometimes when I'm getting to that panic mode point and, you know, I'll need to take some, a little Xanax or, you know, smoke a joint or um, essential oils are a huge lifesaver. You know, Um, I need to get more, I want to get more into like meditating and journaling, but all these things I feel like I want to do and you feel like you don't have enough time to do them all, you know. But yeah. And, and if you don't, that's cause it's not what you need at that moment. Right. Right. You and know. then the other thing is don't put pressure on yourself to do it like perfectly. And that's what I think I tend to do. Like I'll, I'll be like, okay, I need to start journaling. And then if I don't follow through, then I'm like, just give up versus yeah. do it. Like, you know, if you do it for a month pretty solidly and then you fall off for a month and then you go in for a day and then you don't go back for another couple of weeks or whatever like give yourself grace you know I yes give yourself grace is one of the best mantras to have I think we're so bad at that and we're always our own worst critics and it's so easy you know to to not see the good to just get wrapped up in the bad or the, the negative. To, to watch that mermaid's arm break and to, <laughs> right. to, to feel like you were like, well, it's broken. I guess yeah. we'll just get rid of the piece. No, we can, we can, we can, we can, we can continue on. We can get through this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. It makes you stronger, man. You are just crazy. For sure. For sure. Well, Amber, I want to switch gears here a little bit and yeah. go play my favorite game here on Peak Pyrography. Perfect. So on in this game, it is a deserted island, and we're going to put Amber, the wood burner, on a deserted island. That It's got power, and so, so you're taking your wood burner. Right. And But this island only has one kind of wood. Don't worry, there's a mill. It'll be ready for you to burn on. But right, right. So you get one kind of wood, one burner, one nib, and then one extra item. All right. Let me see. What are you what's with you on this island? I had to think about this one. I remember I had to write it down so I could make sure I knew what I was gonna say. I would want the razor tip P eighty eight, 
because I really am infatuated with that. That's now. the one you're dreaming of. Uh, you're like, oh, just, and then I, I really want this. You know, even if it has electricity, if you're on an island, there might be those power fluctuations, and that's the one that's got like the perfect flow. It's I forget how I worded it, and it's like the rock solid <laughs> flow of <laughs> right <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah, that. Um, I would have to say probably basswood. If I could have Walnut Hollow's basswood, that would be great because there's always comes like in perfect ready to go condition. Yeah. So we could have a Walnut Hollow mill on the island. That would be preferred. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's an island in, in a lake in Wisconsin. I'm not really there sure where go. this des- deserted island is. <laughs> and for my tip. Oh, that's a tricky one. I would probably get... Yeah, because you only get one. I know. I know. I would probably say the knife because you can do some nice line work with it. If you get creative on the edge, you could kind of use it as like a dark shader and add the textures with the cross hatching. I like cross hatching as textures or, or hatching, whatever. Those are, I like that one. But I like stipling too. No, I still think, I, I still think it would be the knife. <laughs> and then what was the other one? An extra? And then something extra. What's one of those items you can't live without? It would probably be the Prismacolor pencils. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Because the color is just, that brings a whole new level to right. everything. To your mental state when you're creating, to the piece itself, to just all of it. It's fun. Like gets you back to being a kid again. You know, you get the color. <laughs> yeah. How much fun is that? Right. Amazing. Yeah. Well, that's perfect. You you've made it through the desert island. Sweet. I think or I deserted could, island. I think I could uh <laughs> I think I could, could be happy there for, for yeah I think for, I make it for a little bit. Maybe a little coconut and then, bra and like grass skirt. Oh yeah, just don't <laughs> catch those on fire, please. <laughs> that's true. We have to worry about that. Um and then who I, I like to have a moment here where we talk about shout outs and community and who are three accounts that you take inspiration from, you think everyone should be following. And this can be, you know, pyros or non pyros or huge accounts, tiny accounts, just like people that you open up Instagram or wherever. And you're like, Oh, Oh, I got an idea. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many pyros. I couldn't even go there. I, I, it, I couldn't. There's so many. There are so many. Literally all of them for different reasons. Um, but Banksy is yep. absolutely one of my all-time favorites. That human being is something else, man. Uh, <laughs> his style, his the messages that he comes out with, his you know, his, his desire to be unknown and elusive, just I, everything about him, I, yeah, I would recommend. He's so, I just, yeah, he's a, he's a big one. Um, I just discovered this really cool app and they also have a page. It's called tree card and you on the page, they share just a really bunch of cool, like informations about different animals, like whether they're endangered species in species that are coming back or, different nature facts and just really neat. Like there's been some really cool animals I've seen on there that I had never seen before. So I really like their, oh, app sure. their page. And then the app is cool because it 
when you download it, it links to your health app. And then it basically is like a working pedometer that as you walk throughout the day, you plant trees and you like oh, cool. gain points. And then after you get so many points, you can like, like they, they actually plant trees. Real this trees is a real life the real world. Outcome. Like they have sponsors. Yes. You can like see cool you go on your profile and you can see who your sponsor is and who's actually you know, planting the trees where they're being planted. Um, they will remove, you can like, you earn rewards, you know, after you've planted so many trees or whatever, and then you can like adopt an animal. I mean, it's kind of virtually, but they like do something to help with something in conservation. I forget exactly what it was with the adoption of the animal part. I've only looked into that. Like more of like a sponsor an animal kind, kind of deal. Of, yeah. I think that's kind of what it was. And then there was another one where you could like remove plastic from the ocean so like it's all and it's legitimate stuff that's actually being done in the world like as and and, so. and your contribution is just yeah. walking right and you can also like link I, I think you can go deeper if you want and like link a credit card to it and then you might get more rewards but I haven't even gotten that far and I've already yeah I've planted I forget how many trees like but oh my app started to kind of act up though too I need to go back I forgot I need to log back in <laughs> my password the other day but um yeah that's a really cool app I think people should check that out and cool page and um Sam Bentley is a guy I discovered recently he's based over in the UK so he's got a really cool accent so that's fun to listen to <laughs> um and he's really really cool at sharing like he's he shares a lot of information like innovations on sustainability and just different things in the world that like might not have made it to like mainstream media and like good news like it's positive stuff it's like i heard about being able to did you know you can compost human beings now when you die you can actually choose to be i've heard that yeah right isn't that crazy so that was like the first time i heard about it was on his page um just a lot of really neat, innovative things like throughout the world that he'll share and stuff like that. And so I think he's pretty cool too. Um, there was someone else I was going to say, and I forgot. Oh, yeah. And I will have links to all of these down in the show notes. So okay, yeah, people can check them out there. I'll have to go back and see. It's creative something like creative. He's this really energetic, fun guy that's always like teaching you how to like Re, like you're gonna replant your avocados and this is how you do your thing and he's always like on his things and he's always got all this energy and he's like yeah <laughs> so someone who's making their stuff for tiktok and cross posting to instagram <laughs> but he's like it's all about like putting banana peels in water and then using that water to water your plants like things like life you know like life hack things like kind of sustainability stuff again and just, but he's like super full of energy and fun to watch. So I'm all about like the entertaining people that want to be positive, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So once you find that one, once you remember that name, shoot it over to me and I'll get it down in the show notes. So, sure. so that we can get that shout out in there. Awesome. Uh, and then Amber, what is one of your like Amber's top tips for, you know, it could be life, it could be wood burning, business, organization, kind of just what is one thing that you would want to leave with listeners? You know, um, I guess just in general and in life, 
it's not going to be easy all the time. It's not going to be bad all the time. Whatever you're going through, embrace it. Um, try to live in the moment. If it's good, enjoy it. If it's bad, hang on. You're going to get through it. Keep going. You know, um, don't be afraid to be silly. <laughs> Too many people miss out on being weird. One of my favorite yeah. things is I don't know how to act this age. I don't, I've never been this age before, so I don't know how to act my age. Like, you know, just, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Love people. Be kind. Don't, don't be mean. <laughs> <laughs> good good thoughts there thank you um what 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 do you have on the horizon what big things are coming up for you anything oh, any journeys we I, can follow you on I wish I had exciting answers for this but unfortunately I'm in the midst of carpal tunnel surgery oh no so yeah I am going through physical therapy and acupuncture on my right hand, which is my dominant hand, that is post-surgery. So I have my little scar. And then my left hand oh, will be next. That, so, that makes it hard to burn. It actually has, I'm already back at it. So I'm, I'm okay. okay. Um, it's other things though. Like, sure. I'm, I'm really not happy with this whole experience. It's been so frustrating. No, I, it's been I so can imagine that's frustrating. Oh gosh. Yeah. So, um, but I'm looking forward to acupuncture. Last time I did that, I enjoyed it. And I, that was one of those things that I was nervous about. I had never done before until this whole situation arose. Um, I was kind of nervous and it was really cool. So I'm kind of excited to go back to do that again. So, I mean, you can follow me on my healing journey and, and I'll be still be burning. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I, I will continue to follow you and continue to love the pieces that you put up. Heck yeah. Thank yeah. you, girl. Well, thank you for coming on today. This has been really fun. This has been fun. I was really looking forward to it. I was a little anxious, but you did good at putting me at ease and making me feel comfortable. And this has you, been cool. you did great. <laughs> awesome. You, thank you, so you much were fantastic. Thank you. And thank you for everything you're doing for the whole pyro community. I know you put a lot of work into these and and it's cool that you're out there trying to spread the word on on some good stuff that people might not know about. I appreciate that. It it is work, but it's so much fun and I get to I get to have an hour or so to chat with people like you and that's you know such so much fun for me. Right? Awesome. Well, good luck in your big new adventure coming up and with the move. I hope everything goes super smooth. You know, that's probably nerve wracking. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Best of luck to you. Yeah, thank you. Peak Pyrography is produced by Fetty Studios and Justine Fetty. Our producer and sound engineer is Kevin Fetty. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like and subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. You can share comments on today's podcast or suggestions for the future on Instagram at peakpyropodcast or via email at peakpyrography at gmail.com. That's P-E-A-K-P-Y-R-O-G-R-A-P-H-Y at gmail.com. Until next time, keep creating. I can't wait to see what you make next.